This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Again, horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're going to be talking about gardening. Why don't you give me a call? I know it's hot. I know it's muggy. Some people need to get out with their leaf blower and pull a few weeds and get ready because this uh, rain we've got coming, it's going to sparkle everything up. It's going to clean everything nice and fresh and perk everything up and get the dirt nice and soft so you can plant winter stuff in September. You know, the pansies and all those violas and kale and cabbages, they're starting to show up at garden centers, and that's what I'm looking forward to doing. Hey, Java, good to be back, man. Good to see you. Man, I'm glad to see you. It's You know, I, you take this annual trip. Uh, well, last year you didn't, you didn't get to take it, but it's always good, uh, you know, when you come back yeah. into the studio for that uh, that's kind of a welcome home show. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, speaking of welcome home, and I got off the plane the other night, I was kind of tired. I mean, I'm an old guy, and I'd been up traveling for basically 24 hours. Walked into my garden. I live in a cabin in the backyard, and uh, no lights, you know, because I turned off you know, a lot of the power. You know, my water guard had turned it, you know, everything was shut down for the summer. And, I mean, I walked into one of the biggest spider webs I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, 2 in the morning, tired, carrying, you know, my, my, my backpack and, you know, all that stuff. And there's one of those great big uh, yellow and black spiders, the kind that make a thump sound when they hit your forehead. But it yeah, wrapped those me. things are big. Yeah, I had to go out in the yard twice yesterday morning looking for my glasses. And I finally found them because, I mean, everything went everywhere. My glasses <laughs> went one direction. So uh, anyway, and the cicadas, you know, we forget it. We we take a lot of stuff for granted, but the humidity, I really didn't miss it that much. Oh, I know. Once you got <laughs> off the plane, it probably hit you in the face. It was great. It was great. And uh, but and I walked in this morning, man. I mean, you know, it's the kind of thing where it's not that hot out there right now. Right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but I I, I got to walk home. So anyway, everything going okay. Your kids back in school. You said one of your children got got a school picture day. Yeah, it's it's like <laughs> man, this is really early. So my um, middle child, Marley, uh, shout out to everyone at Casey Elementary. Um, they're having picture day today. So um, she had her little dress on and shoes and, you know, uh, hair done up real nice. So, it's, yeah, you know, well, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, how her hair looks by the time it gets time to take the picture. Yeah, hopefully. They, I mean, she's in kindergarten, <laughs> so they need to be first. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, I don't know if you know, but my kids went to Casey Elementary. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah, we used to have a little uh, school garden around back, and it's it's gone now. Well, they they actually have another garden on the side, close to the playground. Uh-huh. Um, if you ever get out there on Ridgewood Road, you can see it from the street. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Well, anyway, uh, welcome back, folks. If you want to give me a call, I know it's hot. I know it's dry. Uh, I know there's a lot of stuff, big stink bugs. I'm getting a lot of pictures and emails from people with leaf-footed bugs and uh, weeds and things like that. But you know, I got it too. Over the summer, somebody sent me a picture. My my shrub died. I got a plant. It just turned brown. I'm thinking, well, so so did I. <laughs> you know, two of my shrubs over the summer just didn't make it. And I think it's because it rained so much, and we got clay clay dirt here in in Jackson. And I think they just got you know a lot of lush top growth with all this rain. And then when when the rain stopped and it got hot, those plants said, "Roots, where are you?" And the roots said, "We were out of here two months ago. <laughs> we were already gone." Yeah. But uh, I'm going to replace them when it gets a little bit cooler. Meanwhile, I got me some spray paint. I'm going to fix them up. But you do have some things, which always amazes me because you have literally been gone for a couple months. Yeah. But you do have some things that you brought in today that are 
out of your garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, I was real pleased. I only lost a couple of small, fairly new shrubs, but uh, and there's a couple, you know, some 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 weeds got to be pulled when it gets a little bit cooler. But uh, my my little gem magnolia, which is our our state flower, state tree, state flag, it smells so good. It's so, such a such an unusual, incredible plant. We say use it all the botanic gardens and uh, and and all the oldest state gardens. Everywhere I go in England, I see magnolia trees, and little gem is one of the most popular because. They got little yards. Oh wow! And uh, but I, I brought uh, as usual. I, I bring an edible, an heirloom, and um, what's the other thing? Edible heirloom and native plant. And uh, my native plant that I brought in. I've got this plant that's called cut leaf uh, uh, sumac. Not sumac. Cut leaf rudbeckia. A coneflower. It's like a black-eyed Susan, except it's got a, a yellow cone, and they're huge. They get uh, uh, four, five, six feet tall half that wide, just covered with flowers in middle to late summer. No water. It's a native plant. It doesn't want any care. It was it was doing fine, thank you, before we ever started messing with it. But the cutleaf, uh, uh, Rebecca, cutleaf coneflower is really good. And I got from my, my, uh, my heirloom some my zinnias. I planted through some zinnias. Just java. Just threw the seeds out. Just threw them on some dirt. Just yeah. threw them out and walked away. And they're uh, about waist high, completely covered with, with flowers, good cut flowers, loaded with butterflies, old-fashioned zinnias. They've been around forever. Oh, wow. And it's an easy plant. Kids can grow it. Grown-ups who garden like kid can grow it. But I don't think you can beat a package of zinnia seeds for summer long, just nothing to it. Grown-ups that garden like kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my edible, edible I got I had some tomatoes. The tomatoes don't look that great. I mean, they're not supposed to last that long. But I got me some hot peppers. Some uh, Got me some hot uh, 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 jalapeno peppers that are nice and red with a little green to them. And I got some Tabasco peppers. These things are going to eat me up all yeah, long. Yeah, they have a nice red color, and they are going to, yeah, whatever yeah. you put them on, they're yeah, going to light it up. Yeah, they burn, a, I, I put them up, they burn a hole in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it's been a, it's been a pretty good, pretty good summer. Uh, I, I missed a bunch of stuff. I got a few figs that are out there. Okay. I thought, I thought the figs would be all gone, but I got a few figs. So in general, my garden is proof that if you plan ahead and take your time, if a plant does poorly or needs to be pruned a lot, or if it needs to be sprayed, or needs to be babied or watered, watered or coddled, you can replace it with stuff that will do just fine with no real care at all. People say, I can't water enough. Well, I don't water at all. Even the back of my pickup truck, uh, you know, the garden back there, uh, it got some of the stuff got so big that I had to pr- go out and prune my, my rosemary because it gotten up above the cab, oh, which wow. means when I drive someplace, it's going to burn. <laughs> so I, I pruned the rosemary up, and I'm going to root a bunch of them, see if I can share them with some neighbors. So it's not hard to garden if you choose the right plant for the right place. There you go. And so, it's, of course, it's easier said than done. Because at the big box store and a lot of stores, they just have pretty plants. That's right. That's right. One thing I can say, and, and I'm not an Anglophile. I'm not going to keep going on and on and on about how great things are in England. But one of the secrets they've got is they're an island. They've been gardening for a few hundred years. You know, there's no place you're going to plant something that wasn't planted a hundred years ago. To, you know, they got the dirt right. But also they got these botanic gardens that try these new plants out, and they try them for, for years. And then the garden centers go with those plants and they most of the garden centers got display gardens you can walk around and see what the plant gonna look like when you get it home 
you know, they have display gardens, and you can go buy the plants if you like them. And so they're vetted, you know. Yeah, it trickles down from That's right. this is an established plant now. Yeah. You can go and buy it. And yeah. Here, we want to grow stuff that would rather be in Minnesota or Florida, <laughs> you know. And it pretty, we're going to plant And we're Americans. We're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. Yeah. Well, plants say, you know, nope, we're out of here. We're going to 86 ourselves. Because I always think about the, the uh, neighbor to my mom, and they have the palm tree. Like, yeah. Right in the front yard. I was like. This is Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, the, that's 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 a key in, in a, a, what I'm gonna call a mature garden society. Well, mature meaning you know you've been there, you've done that, you settled in. What I what I used to call old lady garden. I was raised by older women, older garden club women, and you know by the time I came along, they had sort of figured out what worked and what didn't work. And they didn't fool stuff anymore. You know, they sort of settled into, and they had a huge variety of stuff that does well. And so they sort of selected that. What I did was I picked up where they left off. You know, I, I'm going to let Gary Bachman and, you know, folks like that do a good job of finding new plants. But I'm going to watch it for a few, few years. And if it'll grow in a cemetery, I'll put it in my yard. Yeah, I'm going to show you a picture when we uh, when we go to break of my aunt. She's actually in Atlanta, and she grew these humongous, the elephant ear yeah, yeah. Um, plants because that's something that's been vetted. You yeah, know, that you can that you can grow here. I, and you want some? I got some. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So anyway, folks, this is a live program. I'm glad to be back, and it's hot and humid, and I know a lot of folks are, need to get out and about and do stuff. But let's talk about it. Give me a call. It's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Liz Gill is over there uh, waiting for your phone call. By the way, speaking of uh, Liz, her husband. Sir Gill, I'm going to call him. He's uh, head of the uh, Miss- University Press of Mississippi. This Maverick Garden book about Dr. Dirt and all the other folks uh-huh. and all, one of their top ten bestsellers. Well, congratulations, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, congratulations to folks who bought it. I, you know, I get 50 cents when somebody buys a book, but you get a, a wonderful trove of, of, of information from people who garden because they love it. Real folks who garden real. It's called Maverick Gardeners, University Press of Mississippi, and you can get it most any place. And it's a bestseller now. Thank there you, you all. There you go. So we're going to take a real quick, real quick break. Give us a call. We're going to uh, be back with uh, more of the Gestalt Garden. I got my cheesy tune picked up. And uh, me and Jav and Liz, we'll be right back after this. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. All righty, folks, welcome back. Calls are starting to pour in. We're going to start out this morning down on the Gulf Coast, down in Biloxi, Mississippi. Sally, how are you this morning? Hey, good morning. Howdy. Uh, happy Friday. Thank you. I have a question. Um, I guess it's all the rain, but I just wanted to ask you. I have uh, two shrimp plants at two different houses that did not bloom, and I have a uh, limelight hydrangea that did not bloom. Mm-hmm. And maybe another bush, but I can't remember what what that one was. And is it because of the 
the excessive rain that we got this year, or or what? Uh, I don't know. Let me let's do it backwards first. How long has have you had that limelight hydrangea? About three years. Okay, and it bloomed okay last year. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just making a guess here. It's not going to be, you know, a disease or insects or something like that. It's going to have to have something to do with either weather, uh, either moisture or fertilizer. You know, if you fertilize plants really well, sometimes that kicks them into excessive green growth over at, at the expense of flowers. So too much fertilizer can cause that. Uh, but other than that, you know, there's, I don't know what would keep it from, from blooming because it's normally a pretty durable plant. And sun or shade, it doesn't really matter, as long as it's got a good root system. And when you planted it, did mm-hmm. you dig a nice wide hole, or do you think maybe it's got a, you know, it's, maybe its roots are crowded in a little small hole or something? Well, there, it's actually in a big pot. Oh, okay. That's going to that's gonna throw everything off because, you know, plants are victims when you put them in pots. They either stay way too wet, uh, down deep. You know, if it rains a lot, water stacks up in a pot. It's wetter at the bottom than at the top. And if you if the plant, if the pot stays wet at the top, it's so soggy in the bottom, roots can't breathe. So you end up with real shallow roots. And uh, so in the case of even even big pots, it's real important to water them good and deep and then let the top few inches completely dry out so roots can grow down deep. So if you keep it moist a lot, that means it's got real shallow roots. And the, the lower roots down deep might actually have, have drowned and, and started to, to rot just from too much rain. So that's always a problem, you know, with, with, uh, with woody plants, you know, like, like uh, uh, hollies or, or hydrangeas, things like that in pots. Is trying to keep them where they get good deep roots. And the only way you can do that is let the top half of it dry out. And that's, that's hard for gardeners to do. So, you know, that, that would be, that'd be my guess. Also, you know, what kind of fertilizer do you use? Uh, I don't fertilize. <laughs> Got to have fertilizer. You know, these plants don't grow on thin. You're, you're giving, basically, you're giving it nothing but lettuce and water and bread to live on. It needs some fertilizer, and, and, and especially in containers, because the nutrients dissolve and they wash out the bottom of the pot. So potted plants have got to be given some fertilizer. They just can't function okay. otherwise. So, uh, you know, that, that, the, the, between the rain and no fertilizer, I think that would explain. And the good news is you can still get it to bloom. Give it a l- little half-shot strength of fertilizer and uh, see if that didn't perk it up, because they can still bloom on new growth. Uh, okay, and I had some uh, trailing, uh, trailing lantana mm-hmm. uh, that did not bloom at all also. Uh, in containers? I did not fertilize it. Yeah, yeah got it's to, in a container you got, also. You know, I know Aunt Mamie never fertilized her, her, her rubber tree. And been in a pot a long time, but the rubber tree is sickly compared to, to what rubber trees give them some fertilizer to do. Uh, any kind of potted plant's got to have some fertilizer. Not a lot, but just it's got to have it. it okay, it, it I'll just, try that. Thank you. Okay, good luck on it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. All righty. And before we slide to this next call, let me uh, mention that this is the first time in a long time I've had where the I'm, I'm sitting inside an air conditioner and the backs of my legs behind my knee are sweating. What's up with this? I've got welcome you back know, to Mississippi. Uh, the back of my knee. What is that little hollow thing called back behind your knee? We got to wait for Southern Remedy for that. That's okay, there's got to be a name. There's a name for everything. But anyway, that's sweating. And uh, so anyway, hey, let's go from the Gulf Coast all the way up to the to the Mississippi Tennessee state line to South Haven and talk with. Uh oh, it got us so far away. What? What? Oh, uh, we're going to Cleveland. 
to Cleveland. Is that Barbara? You got this thing? Yes. <laughs> Barbara. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I do. We got we got a new studio set up, and my it and they got the screen about who's calling set just far enough where neither my bifocals nor my other ones work. What's going on in the Delta, Barbara? About South Haven and Knees and stuff. Yeah. Okay, I'll talk loud. I'm Barbara in Cleveland, and I visited with you when you were in Cleveland. I'm the person who kept asking how I couldn't grow uh, grow rosemary, and mm. you said I was watering it too much. Yep. Well, now I have a beautiful bougainvillea or mandevilla. I don't know. It doesn't have the stickers. Which one is that? It be, you know, mandevillas have, have, have bigger, they have real flowers. Bougainvilleas have those little uh, papery uh, red or, 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 or orange type things. Okay, these have real flowers, and it was beautiful. I got it Easter weekend in New Orleans, and it was beautiful. I went out of town. It's in a pot outside, and it's been growing on a trellis. And now I have brown leaves, and it looks like it's on its way out. It I don't know what's wrong. It could be. You know, uh, we're getting, we're seeing so many problems with plants, uh, both in the ground and container, that had different kind of roots this year because it rained so much. Uh, that that the roots grow differently, you know, than than when plants can dry out between soakings. But these tropical plants, uh, they 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 like to be growing steadily. They don't like to be kept wet. They don't like to stay dry, and they need a little fertilizer. But if you give them too much fertilizer, you get all vines. But anyway, if you if the leaves are turning brown, that tells me it went through some stress maybe two or even three weeks ago. And they're just, you know, because I was out of town for a week, and okay. my husband was supposed to take care of it. Oops. I watered it every day with the hose when I watered the rest of my yard. But he says he watered. I don't know what he did. Well, there's I don't a, want to blame it. No, no. Well, you know, you could blame. I'm from the Delta. You know, you could just blame the weather, you know, and get away well, with it. At least I'm going to stick with him on that side. He could just say, he might not have done right, but I ain't going to say that. Anyway. The rest uh, of my is, yard's fine. Everything else is fine. It's the only thing. Is the man of it, is it in a pot? Yes, it is. Okay. I'd have to hear what you told that other lady. I think I need to go fertilize. Plants in pots have got, you know, the fertilizer dissolves in water and washes out. It just, you know, it just, it, it, it they got to have it. But at the same time, if you put too much, that's as bad as not enough. So anyway, whatever the directions call for for that size pot, let's go ahead and, and give it a, a shot of that. And let's see what, and just snip those bad leaves off. The new growth will come out and should bloom. Yeah, but our, our, uh, Mississippi Grounds, our coffee shop has four of them outside in front, and it's on concrete and hot. And hers are beautiful. So, uh, and mine was beautiful like hers. Yep. Ago, so I don't well, know. you know, I, I wish that people could see my yard. I got stuff with you know, my I've got everything. Every problem everybody's got, I got too. You know, and there's some plants of mine that didn't make it. I've got some plants that I thought would not make it that did fine, and a few plants just you know they look rough right now because it's been a weird year. It has. Well, thank you so much. I'm going to fertilize and be careful and, and cut off the dead stuff. Okay, right? Barbara, t- say hey to everybody in, in Cleveland for us. Thank you. I have beautiful growth from all the swap plants. I can't believe all the things I got, and I don't know the people's names are growing that I well, got that day at the park. When I was a kid in the Delta, uh, I was always told you never thank anybody for a plant that won't grow. But we decided the best way to thank somebody for a plant pass a piece along to somebody else. I hope I will. Okay, Bob. Beautiful. Thank you. You bet. Appreciate it. Stay cool. Okay, Okay, now let's slide down to Raymond and talk to Mary. Hey, Mary, good morning. How are you? I'm good. Um, I have an unusual question. I guess you can call it a gardening issue. Mm -hmm. The electric company in our rural area has cut down all the trees along the road. 
is about a 30 to 40 foot wide swath of all trees taken out. Mm-hmm. And, and that continues on for many miles down the road. About a half a mile of that land is our land yeah. you know, in front of our house. And so we've lost our privacy. We've lost the noise barrier. We've lost all of that. Mm-hmm. And I want to replant. I want to get something going fast, as fast as I can out yeah. there. What can I do? What should I do about this? Yeah, you know, this is a really, really good question. And uh, regardless of why, you know, the plants aren't there anymore, if you want something fast, here's the three things that are important. First and foremost, choose a plant that's going to get the size you want to begin with don't get something that's got to be you know it's going to get too big and 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 crazy looking you know what eliagnus is yeah okay it is a monster plant it's really technically a vine we grow it as a shrub but it's a vine it grows up in trees but you can hide a school bus behind three of them and they grow fast Mm -hmm. see so you know if you want something that's big and screeny like that that'll buy you some time while some small slower growing plants you know the plant in between or on the other side catch your second wind so you know you know go with something pretty quick like that but the most important thing is a small plant will always grow bigger faster than a bigger plant of the same species so don't get the biggest most expensive one and then the third and probably the most important thing is dig a wide hole and loosen up the potting soil when you put it in in the your native dirt don't just pull out of the pot and stick in a little hole the quicker it can grow side roots the quicker it's going to get established and it will jump so a small plant with loosened up roots and a wide hole is always going to be uh, faster and, and sturdier than a bigger, more expensive plant. So uh, as far as, you know, some different, you know, using a mixture of things, it's going to take a little while. In the short run, you know, if you got the sun in your eyes, you hold your hand up to right between your eyes and the sun. And it doesn't take much. You don't have to put, you know, uh, uh, put yourself in a box. Your hand can block out a, a sun. Well, a smaller, not a fence, but what's called a baffle. It's like a miniature. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a miniature billboard. It's that instead of you know thirty feet tall, you get a fence that starts about two or three feet off the ground and just goes up uh, four, five, six feet. In other words, raise your fence up on stilts. And if you, if you get up on the porch or wherever you need to and look towards the road, if you can can move your hand up and down until, until you can't see the road, then that's how big and how how high your baffle needs to be and the closer it is to the house the cheaper it is the more it'll block out so somewhere between your house and the street if you'll put up some fence posts and uh, just make a partial fence that starts two or three feet off the ground go about four and move it up or down to where it blocks the you know that'll knock the view uh, and also a lot of the sound while the plants down by the street fill in Felder, this isn't a street. This is rural. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I, I just, mean, I, I, I just, talking, we got a half mile of land that no longer has hundred year old trees. believe me, I, I believe me, I get it. I totally get it. But the the bottom line is, it's going to take stuff. It's going to take time or money or both for stuff way down there to fill in. So meanwhile, put you something temporary up close to the house that's, you know, like I say, just a, a little short. Again, like using your hand to block this, the sun from the sky. You don't have to blot out the whole sky. See, mm-hmm. so something immediate up close to the house will will do the job while the stuff down by the street fills in. I would recommend going with a variety of stuff. Put you some cedar trees out there. Uh, you know, put you some wax myrtle, uh, uh, some eliagnus. What's that? We live on a tree farm. I mean, we have all this acreage. It's full of trees. Yeah. So maybe yeah. what I ought to do is go out now 
and flag small trees. That's right. And things I want. That's right. That's right. I know what they are, and I can come back and dig them up in the winter. Yeah, that's right. Late November, December, January, that's a good time to move trees. And little seedlings that are about knee-high are going to be more than head-high next year. But one that's head-high this year is going to be head-high next year. Well, that's... uh, so, you, you know, if you live on a tree farm, you know a little tree grows pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and always, like you say, you always take the smaller plants that grow so much better than the yeah. big ones. But, again, a variety of plants, you know. Don't, don't just put one thing. And this time, put it just this side of the power line so they can't reach it next time. Yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> okay. Well, good luck on it. It's too hot out there to do much except go out there and flag you some trees. And and, right. and, and that'll get you far enough for the house where they can't hear you cussing the utility company. Yes, thank you. Good I luck on it, Mary. <laughs> we Bye-bye. appreciate your call. All righty, folks. Uh, talking about gardening and lawn care. A lot of people have trouble with armyworms this year. We're starting to see uh, fairy rings show up in some people's yards, uh, sooty mold. There's all sorts of things going on. And if I can help you, I'll be glad to. If you need to use a product, I'll recommend one. But I don't try to sell you anything if you don't need it. So give me a call and um, throw in your two cents worth. If there's some things I can add that you can add to what I'm saying, bring it on. Uh, me and Java Chapman, Liz Gill, the other folks here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, we're going to take a little bit of a, a break and uh, come back with more of your phone calls. We've got the lines wide open, so this is your chance, folks. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we're going to play a little tune to sort of welcome me back home. Glad to be here. Java, good to see you, man. Good to see you too, Felder. I right. love this cheesy tune. We'll be right back, folks. Just a Mississippi boy. Man, you know, it's so funny when I'm in England, they find out from Mississippi, they always say, have you ever been to the Delta? I'm thinking, I flunked out of Mississippi Delta Junior College. You don't get more Delta than that. <laughs> it's so funny you say that, man. We on uh, Third Coast Radio, uh show comes on every Saturday night, 11 o'clock um, on MPB Think Radio. Um, it was an interview with the blues artist, and he was just talking about how the affinity for Mississippi blues, like yeah. just Delta blues. You don't overseas. hear people talking about Alabama blues. Yeah, no, but yeah, but overseas, not not Chicago blues, not uh, all of that. Mississippi Delta blues overseas, especially like in Europe and stuff, they just they go crazy. It's it's, un- it's unbelievable. <laughs> so uh, anyway, let's get let's talk let's let's slide up to Tupelo and see what Chico's up to. Hey, guy, long time no talk to. Chico, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Good. What's good. up? What's up? Well, I heard you uh, a couple of weeks ago. Somebody called about army worms. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't know if you. I hadn't been listening today, but because uh, I'm not in my car, but I'm in the house. Uh, well, about three weeks ago, my neighbor knocked on the door and said, "You got army worms." And sure enough, I looked out there in the front yard. It was just gone. Yeah. You know, gone. And yeah. um, I uh, 
he was worried about him getting in his yard. But I uh, called True Green. They came out. And, uh, I guess they come out two or three days later. Anyway, in the meantime, I heard you say just once you see that they're there, just leave them alone because they, they're gone and they'll, they'll, they won't come back. But it's done it again. Yeah, we, you know, Chico, usually we just have, you know, what's called one generation. You know, it's a, it's a moth that lays those eggs. You get a bunch of moths come in, they lay a bunch of eggs. They hatch out, they get all these caterpillars. And by the time you see them, they're already big enough to where they're just about done for the year by the time you notice them. And it really doesn't do much good to spray because they're disappearing anyway. But because of all the rain we've had this year, we've had successive generations of these moths coming by. It's, just a, it's a fresh infestation from moths that come by at night and lay the eggs. No way to prevent that. See, so all you can do is sort of keep an eye on it. But unless you catch those those, those caterpillars when they're small, uh, you know, no. they they do all the damage before you really notice them, and you're just killing a bunch of stuff that's dying anyway. So it, it's not I'm saying don't spray. I'm just saying that, you know, the damage is done by the, most of the time by, by the time you notice it. You can get stuff at any garden center that will control caterpillars with a hose-on sprayer a lot cheaper than you can get somebody to come out and do it for you. Oh, but, I know it. So uh, anyway, most of the time when I was studying turf management at Mississippi State, I was taught, you know, that on a golf course is different. But in a home, by the time you notice it, usually if you just throw a little fertilizer out there and hope for a rain or water, the grass will recover pretty quick. So, yeah. um, you know, so, you know, basically. Did. Yeah. I just wondered why it's just our yard. It's not just your yard. If you got a different kind of grass in your neighbor's. Uh, yeah, we got Bermuda. Yeah, that's what you're going to find them on. You're not going to find them, uh, army worms nearly as much on centipede or St. You will, but they tend to hit uh, Bermuda grass. That's where the moth prefers to lay its eggs. So, you know, it's mostly a Bermuda okay. grass problem. But like I say, if we get a little rain, throw a little fertilizer out, this is the time of year to, 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 to what they call winterize. You don't wait till winter to winterize. You do it now to help the grass sort of pick up in in September, October, and then slow down before winter. So you throw a little winterizer out there, get a little rain this weekend, that grass, will, it'll outgrow the, the army worms. I'm, I'm, I'm real sure of this. I'm real sure of this. Yeah. Well, I'll just get a little fertilizer then because it's supposed to rain this weekend. Yep, yep. Go ahead. You know, this this is this is the time of year. It's really towards the end of August, 1st of September, is the sort of cutoff date for putting uh, lawn fertilizer out. So this will be the weekend to do it. Good luck on it, man. Yeah. All right, thank you. Okay, Chico. All righty, now we're going to go to Joe, and I can't see it's from East Tennessee. Is that what it says, Joe? Oh, hi, yes. It's Eads, Tennessee. Oh, okay. It's a little community just uh, east of Memphis. Okay, okay. Well, see, I got, they, they, they got a new screen, and I got bifocals. We're going to have to work something this out. So anyway, what's going on in Eads, Eads Tennessee? Well, I, I was listening to your comments about fertilizer for pot plants, and I was curious about what your views on fish emulsion for pot plants and fertilizing them. Well, fish emulsion is a good natural product. It's got uh, uh, you know slow release. It, it it's gentle. It's long lasting, just like cottonseed meal or or uh, or bone uh, not bone meal. Fish emulsion. It's a good product, but the problem is it smells kind of bad. And if you got potted plants indoors, it ain't in a good mix. But here's the deal: in order for for natural fertilizers, whether it's fish emulsion or uh, or even cottonseed meal, they don't they don't they're not fertilizers in themselves. They have to be broken down by by microbes in the soil to be converted to fertilizer. And most of the time, potting soil doesn't have those. 
See, so you know, and and you know, this one I use in my in, in my yard. But for potted plants, if you're going to use something like that, you need to also throw a little bit of real dirt in on, on in with it to inoculate it with the little microbes, the little microorganisms that that basically convert the fish emulsion into fertilizer. In other words, it's got to be it's got to be digested by something to become fertilizer. And uh, so, for potted plants, it would work, you know. And once you get it going, you know, if you just throw a little, just a little bit of real dirt in there, then that'll put the microbes in there, and they'll be there from then on. See, but but make sure if you're gonna use that, you inoculate it with just a little bit of of real dirt to, to just to kick it off. Well, thank you. Uh, that's good information. Okay, Appreciate Chris, that. you bet. Thank you. Huh? How about that? And uh, well, that's what I do is I use cottonseed meal because we got a lot of it, you know, and it doesn't smell bad like like fish emulsion is basically ground up fish java. Well, the one thing I like about Joe, he asks a question, you gave an answer, and he was okay with it. Yeah, that I don't. Doesn't, that doesn't happen. Uh, no, every time. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't mind ch- just chatting with folks at all. That's that's what we do. This is a this is the party. We're just sort of chit chatting about stuff. Now let's uh, let's uh, slide to. Uh, to to Jackson to talk with Walden. Hey Walden, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, Walden? So far, so good. Looking forward to walking home in this humidity. Oh no, no, no! That's not a good idea at all. <laughs> what can we help you with, sir? Uh, I have uh, a jasmine plant, and uh, I'm quite sure it's a jasmine plant, uh, and it's climbing the wall. And I thought when I bought it. Uh, one of the, one one of the friends of yours had called it finding gold. Yeah, but it it could that possibly jasmine and the finding gold is about the same thing. Well, yeah, there's 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 different kind of plants called jasmine. Jasmine is just sort of a general term uh, for a, a plant that's called jasmine. Uh, but the one that most people grow is called either. Uh, they call it Confederate jasmine or star jasmine. They're the same plant. You know, the flowers look like little little stars. Confederate jasmine. I don't know why it's called that, but anyway, those are two common names for it. It grows like crazy. It's a nice vine. It has lots of real fragrant flowers that smell like jasmine in uh, the late winter, spring, late spring, even in the early summer. The one called Fondren Gold was one that that uh, that I, I, a friend of mine noticed had sort of pale yellow flowers instead of white flowers. So we rooted a bunch of it and sort of started spreading it around. But all it is is a pale, pale yellow flowering Confederate jasmine. So the farming the, the gold has white uh, uh, flowers? Yeah, they're they're really pale yellow. You know, most of the time they're white. But this okay. one that was, had a little pale, pale yellow. It looks white from the street, but, you know... Okay. Well, that's the that's the one I I do have because I uh, I bought it from him and uh, you and him had discussed it and y'all called the finding gold. Yeah, yeah. And what I, the the real question I was asking, I've had it for a couple of years now, and uh, uh, each year uh, uh, it uh, sprouts out uh, 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 buds like green beans, long green beans. Yeah, that's the seeds of it. And uh, I I was looking for the the, the blossom at the time to turn to a flower, but it never did. So so that that's the seed. Yeah, yeah. It it blooms in the late winter, and let's just say it's a it's a, a early to mid spring bloomer, and then it makes those little bean pod looking things. Mine mine does. 
Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so basically, that that that's what I wanted to ask. And I have a question about the the, the full Clark plant. Mm-hmm. I, I have a few of those. Uh, is it just a myth that they they blossom at four o'clock, or is that? Well, you know, it's called four o'clock because it, it blooms late in the afternoon, you know, and of course daylight saving time throws that way off. But uh, it just basically starts, uh, the flowers start opening up in the late afternoon when the, when the days, when the sun starts going down, you know, there's these wavelengths in sunlight and the, the, the red part is disappears and that triggers night blooming plants and start uh, flowering in the in the evening when the sun starts to go down, it starts getting dark. But uh, four o'clock just basically late afternoon. So uh, that, back to the jasmine, jasmine plant in the fast comment, and I'm, I'm going to let you go. Uh, the jasmine plant that I have, it, it made it through the free. It never goes away. It's, just, it's a year-round plant. It's yeah. Green. Yeah, I've, I've, I've got it on an arbor. I've got it on an arbor. So, <laughs> so anyway. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know how much to water it, though. Well, you know, I've been gone all summer, and I ain't watered mine. It looks fine. So okay, my mine uh, it, it can t- seem like it can take water, but seem like the minute I start uh, to water it more, in spite of the water that it's already getting from the rain, it has a tendency to start to even grow. Uh, yeah, well, even more. Yeah. well, I I'd, I'd water at least once a month if we don't get some rain. Okay. All right, man. All right. Okay. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Walden. You know, it's it's a good question about why they call them four o'clock. Well, that was before we had daylight saving time. Uh, so I guess it's really five o'clock now. I don't know. Because I can picture a few people out there with their watch. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. You know, one of the things we've seen a lot of this year. I've I've got so many people posting pictures on the Mississippi Gardening uh, Facebook page. Is this moth that comes out? It's big as your hand. It comes out at night, late afternoon, and it pollinates four o'clock and things that bloom in the evening. It hovers like it's called a hummingbird moth. It hovers like a moth, uh, like a like a hummingbird, and it comes out late afternoon into the evening. Big old thing. Wow, I'm going to have to uh, see one of those. Yeah. So uh, I've got, if anybody's uh, curious about this, I, I put a, a thing on my blog oh, uh, uh, three or four weeks ago about what makes evening flowers bloom in the evening. And people from around Mississippi sent me pictures of, of the moths that they took in their yard. I've got pictures of it. So if you go to felderrushing.blog, I don't know if it was the last one or the next to last uh, uh, thing I did about evening flowers. I got pictures of these these uh, nighttime hummingbird moths, sphinx moths. So uh, who do we need to go to next? I can't see from here. Is it? Let's go to, um, I see a, a, a Barbara. Barbara from Olive, Olive Branch. Branch. Yeah. Hey, Barbara. Good morning. How are you? Barbara. If you're talking to me, I'm yes. fine. Good, good, good. And we are. Howdy. Uh, I'm Wondering about white flies on lantana, what I can do about them. Who I tell you what I do, and I mean, you know, my lantana, my tomatoes, they get white flies. What I do is I just take my glasses off and ignore them. <laughs> and 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 I'm telling you why, Be- because that work, Barbara, that that works as well as anything. Here's the deal with white flies: they 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 lay eggs and they have tiny little larvae. 
you know, that feed on the underside of plants, and then they, they, they metamorphize into the little white flies. So if you spray today and do a really good job of spraying the underside of the leaves, you might kill all the white flies that are there, but tomorrow the next day more eggs are going to hatch out. You'll have the same problem in a week, a week and a half. So if you're going to spray, you need to spray the underside of the leaves, and you need to do it late in the day um, so you don't get the butterflies and all the pollinators because what will kill white flies will kill butterflies. See, so if you're going to spray, do it late in the afternoon when the butterflies and the, and the bees are gone and spray the underside of the leaves and then repeat it at least once. Spray at least twice, maybe three times a week apart, and that'll knock the worst of them down, but you're still going to have some. So gardenias, lantanas, tomatoes, white flies, the best thing to do if you don't want to spray a lot is just take your glasses off. Ignore them. That works. Hello? I guess that must have... Was I too aggressive on that answer? No, you you started off, you know, with your... <laughs> take your glasses <laughs> take your gla- off. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the wife... I, I get it. I get it about insects. I got them too. <laughs> I got them too. And I have to weigh, what can you do about it that A, is going to work, and B, is safe. And I'm talking about for butterflies and bees and stuff like that because they're important in my garden. And A, B, C, or first, second, and third. The third or the C thing is repeat it because one spray only gets the ones that are there, not the ones that are going to hatch out tomorrow. And if it's not worth doing that, if it's not causing that much damage, just bite the bullet, find something else to worry about. If you can't fix it, flee it, or fight it, flow with it. <laughs> That's straight out of the 60s, folks, and it's still worse. Horticulture's fell to rushing. Java Chapman, man, good to see you again. We're going to take a real quick break and come back with more phone calls here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting right after this. All righty, welcome back, folks. Y'all remember when we were uh, when we did all this traveling around Mississippi? You know, yeah, we took it on the, the road. Russian on the road. Yeah, and Java Chapman on the road. <laughs> and uh, man, you got interviewed in Natchez. They didn't want to talk to me. They wanted to talk to Java. Yeah, that that was cool. I, yeah, you know, we put the little thing on the uh, on the door every time I see it. Well, That's we had this door. plant swap. The last one we did was in Jackson, and uh, Liz. Gill and Craig Gill, uh-huh. uh, Liz is here. Craig's with the the uh, University Press. They've got this bean vine that that I grew. I mean, it is a huge it's called Jack and the Bean Bean Jack Bean. Yeah, and they are like uh, foot long. Humongous. Yeah, and the seeds are big as my thumb. Anyway, she just showed me a picture of hers. They're doing well, and mine is too. There are a lot of weird plants. I'm I'm gonna have plenty of seeds of that to share later. But meanwhile, let's slide down to Miami, Florida, and talk with Jesse. Jesse, are you really in Miami, or are you like down in uh, Redland or something like that? No, I'm right here in Dade County, Miami. I'm uh, near Hialeah. Okay, yeah, oh. nursery production area. Yes. What's going on? Used to be. I, I, I heard you. I, there's two things. I never heard the uh, recipe for his uh, buffalo... Uh, broccoli that oh. he made the buffalo wing broccoli. Okay, the buffalo, I think, yeah, the buffalo cauliflower wings. Yeah, and uh, and then there's another one that uh, I didn't because I, I usually get the podcast the podcast and I did I missed it for the one week that you had the Texas 
uh, flower that looks like a marijuana plant. Yeah. Which what is the name of that one? Well, it's it's called it's 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 hibiscus milter. It, they call it Texas Star, even though it grows in the Panhandle of Florida and it grows pretty well anywhere. It's native to the Gulf Coast. It's just called Texas Star hibiscus. And it's a great plant. It'll get pretty good size. But now in Miami, you grow poinsettias outside, big as a tree. Why do you want to grow something like that when you grow poinsettias? Because I live in a retirement park, okay. and that thing would look funny. <laughs> it would be. Well, it's, it's called Texas Star, and the University of Florida recommends it. So it's a good plant. So, uh, yeah, because I got, I got the podcast before, and the last uh, one right before it was Bye Bye July, I think it was. Yeah. And then, then that one came on with yeah. the Texas Star. Well, let, let, I tell you what, we're going to get Java to give this recipe, and we're going to move to the next call. But, call, but anytime, Jesse, appreciate your call, man. And Java, you want to? Yeah, I'm going to make sure, Jesse, when you get get the podcast for this show, this week's show, I'm going to include the uh, recipe for the buffalo cauliflower wings, which is super good. And you, got, you, can, put on, you can do that? Yeah, I can I, I can include the recipe. We include recipes with uh with our other show, Deep South Dining. So okay. So when with the podcast, you'll you'll scroll down and you'll get the recipe. Okay. So and and I grew some cauliflower. It wasn't great cauliflower, but I grew some cauliflower. Yeah, no, and it was good, and we used it. I just I, I Jesse, thank you for calling me out on it. I didn't put the recipe up. <laughs> okay. So uh, if you want it, it says barbecue cauliflower. Yeah, you can use it's it's basically buffalo wings, so you can use uh hot you know hot sauce, mild sauce, uh buffalo uh, sauce, uh, you know barbecue, whatever garlic parmesan. Um, but you just instead of using buffalo wings, you're using cauliflower. Sweet, all righty. A podcast. By the way, I'm putting up the picture I've got, and I took my MPB cup, my coffee cup, to England, uh-huh. and uh, and the uh, the last picture I took before I left the other day was the 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 moors. I live up in northern. It's like hills mm-hmm. covered with wild blueberries, and there's this plant that's called heather. And it's a choice plant. And it's a really, really cool plant. I got a picture of my coffee cup with some heather uh, from the moors of Lancashire, England on it. We're going to have that with the podcast this okay. morning. Okay. Well, yeah, look for that, Jesse. Okay. And I think we got time for a couple more calls. Let's, let's do Leslie in Fairhope, Alabama. Leslie, how are you? Hey. Um, I'm doing just fine. How about your own self? So far, so good. So when do I um, harvest my sweet potatoes? Well, technically, uh, it, it takes about 100 days, but not quite four months, three, three and a half, four months for them to, you know, to reach their, their maturity. But as long as they're still growing, the sweet potatoes can still get bigger. Here's the problem, okay. though. Here's the problem. If we get a really big rain like we're having this weekend, sweet uh-huh. potatoes can crack open. Even underground. Even underground. They'll crack wide open for that sudden influx. You might want to go out there, if you got plenty, uh, go out there and uh, dig one of the things up and see what they look like. And uh, oh, and, and if, okay. they're, if they're right size, you know, you can go ahead and do that. But otherwise, they can crack open if we get a real heavy rain. Usually September, October is when they're harvested, though. September and October. So it isn't, um, they don't... Take, you know, uh, they, t- they don't develop their sweetness when the plant dies. Nothing like that is what's going no, on. No, 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 no. Huh. They develop that sweetness. Time. It takes uh, about a week of uh, after they get harvested, you keep the sweet potatoes out, and the, the, the starches convert to sugars. It's called curing. It takes about a week after okay. you dig them for that to happen. But uh, it's, it's okay. more of a size thing. Okay. okay, well, thank you very much. I sure appreciate the information. You bet, Leslie. Good to hear from you. Now let's slide okay. back up to, to Oxford. Chico, what's up, man? 
Hey, what's happening? I'm in Oxford, and I don't know who that other Chico was. Okay, we got Chico in Oxford. Okay, we had a Chico from Tupelo. Tupelo. We okay. thought it was OC, so we got an imposter Chico running around. Well, what's up, man? We're almost out of time, but what can we help you with? I got two things about roots, a question and a comment. And I tell you about that dude in Tupelo. That you know, I went to high school and grew up in Tupelo, and, and that might mean that there's two Chicos that did it. But I tell you, there's only one Elvis Presley that did that. Okay. Well, we're, we're out of time, so let's get to your questions real quick. What does, like other Mississippians, I love a good Mississippi bark root beer. What is the root part of root beer? Does that have something to do with roots? Uh, well, yeah, one of the flavors uh, that they have is, is sarsaparilla. Is as uh, you know, you can make your own from the root, the the the, the root part of sassafras trees. Cool. Root, cool. root, well, I'm a, I'm root beer. Parks. Root well, beer. The, the other thing is, you need to play a tune by the Roots, the coolest band on television. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get, Java, you're on it, man. Oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm on it. I appreciate that, Chico. Uh, we we the love the roots over the here. They're the best. They are. <laughs> we appreciate right it, man. On. Good to hear Thank from He said they, there's two Chicos, but ain't but one Chico. <laughs> yeah, we're going to leave it at that. We're going to leave it at that. Anyway, I got my peppers, got me some hot peppers. I'm going to start drying these. They're, they're red. I'm going to lay them out where they can dry, and I'm going to chop them up use them all winter long. Got me some, going to make me a bouquet of zinnias that grew over the wintertime. I'm going to enjoy my, my cutleaf sumac, which is a great native plant, rooting some rosemary that got too big over the summer, and I got my little gem magnolia smelling up everything. Life is good. It's going to get going to get rainy this weekend so if you want to take your leaf floor out you know sort of spruce things up a little bit get ready for it it'll make your yard sparkle uh clear off some area lightly work the dirt up don't hurt yourself lightly work it up so that rain will soak in good and deep instead of running off and you'll be able to plant some stuff in two or three weeks they're going to start having pansies and violas and they've already got cabbages and and broccoli time to start thinking about lettuce last call for fertilizing your grass for the winter winterize in in, in August. All these kind of things. That's what we talk about here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting, plus what it make root beer out of. And I'm going to do a little bit more on that, too. Anyway, go to our podcast. Check out uh, at mpbonline.org. Check out the recipe for, for bar- barbecue wings, Bonus cauliflower. Wings. Yep. And, and look at my picture of, uh, of Heather. Meanwhile, take a kid to a farmer's market this weekend. Let them meet somebody who really grows for, for something for a living and show them how to get dirty.